Hallelujah. You know, worship isn't just showing up to church. Worship isn't, isn't coming to church. It's part of it. It's what we do in the church that makes it worship. It's not, warming, it's not the warming of the seat. It's not the showing and the donning of your, your, your best and best uh, outfit and, yeah. and, and your brand new uh, tan or whatever it is that you've been doing. Yeah. Amen? Amen. W- well, what is it? Yeah. It's connecting with your heart with the Lord. Right. It's saying, Lord, I'm here for you to speak to me. Right. I'm here to get direction. Right. It's not about just uh, hoping that you'll get direction, that, that you will get direction. Because you just didn't come to church just to hear. That's you came, you came, in, you came to church to change. Yes. That's right. And unless you come expecting to hear from God to speak to you, yeah. how many of you know God will not speak to you? Yeah. It'll go right by you. It'll go to the person who says, "If you don't take it, let me take it." Yeah. You know the Bible's chock full of people who 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 didn't pick up and who didn't take. Can I get an amen out there? It's so true. And yet God, want, God is here and amongst us. God is wanting to move. He's wanting to get, get things, some, some things over to you and I. And how many of you know we've all, what we're doing now is we're making ourselves available. We're making ourselves available because we know that as we get in the Word that truth begins to happen. The truth of God's light and the God of His Word is an operation on the inside. That's where healing begins. That's where, that's where you get delivered. Come on, there's a whole lot of folks out here that need God's deliverance, God's, God's fingerprint on their life. You do. You need God's fingerprint on your life. You, you, need, you need to, when people look at you, you know when there's a crime that takes place, what's the first thing they look for? Fingerprints. They're looking for fingerprints. They're looking for evidence. When people look at you, they should look, they should look for the evidence and the presence of God on your life. You're not sick. You're not busted. You're not broke. You're not disgusted. Come on. You're not tore up from the floor up. Come on. You don't look like you were draw, dragged through a knot hole backwards. Amen. No, you, you look like a conqueror. Not a defeated, not, not a defeated one. You're a conqueror. Amen. So that's why we're here, because we're, we're just enforcing what we already know. We're just laying hold of what already belongs to us. And if you're sad and you're broke and you're busted and disgusted, you're just doing it wrong. Come on, you're, you're doing it wrong. Uh, you, know, you know when someone's doing something wrong and you're just like, why are they doing it wrong? You, what does it do? It grades on your nerves. Think about how much more your pastor feels the same way. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they're doing, don't they know they're doing it wrong? How many of you ever watch your football team and they're not doing well? And, you, and you've seen them operate better. And what do you first think? Oh, man, these guys are, oh, man, they're just having a, what? We ought to not look like we're defeated. You know, never let them see you sweat. Never let the devil see you sweat. Don't be like, say, well, you know, pastor, I got, I got the devil on the run. Okay, yeah, you got the, but the only problem is, is he's chasing me. Don't, don't live, don't, don't live like that guy. Don't, don't live like that guy. Don't live like the devil's chasing you. You all may be seated. No, let's go, before you see, before you see, before, grab your Bibles. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what this Bible says I can do. Today, I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I will never be the same again. I won't go out those doors looking the same. I will be better. I'll be refreshed. I'll be renewed because I walk in truth. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I believe it. Come on. Amen. 
Praise God. Well, Pastor, is all that talking necessary? It absolutely is necessary. The devil's always trying to get in your mouth, always trying to get you to speak his words. What is he trying to get you to speak? Defeat. No, there's victory for you and I. There's victory for you and I. Not living defeated, not looking defeated. You know, like we said earlier, is it, was it, does it matter what I say? It absolutely matters what you say. You've heard us talking about, we've been talking about the words of our lips and how we talk and, and how those words can really change the course of your life. The very flow, the very direction of your life is hinge, hinging and is contingent about how you talk about your circumstances. Always. Always. You're, well, well I, God knows it was just me. I was just talking. No, it, the devil doesn't think that way. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's always looking to use your words against you. Well, you know, I'm just sad right now. Well, then the devil's like, oh, she's just sad. Let's let's just heap on more of that on him. Or, you know, well, we're in a world just broke. We just seem to have more month than we have money. Well, let's let's just add a little bit more twist on that thing. Right? Well, I just, I just think I'm losing my mind. I just don't know whatever I'm going to do. We'll just add, what does the devil go? He just comes and remember, look, they're, I'm in agreement with them. They're in agreement with them. We're just, we're just, what are we going to, we're going to allow that to continue to play. There'll be more confusion, more lack of wisdom. Why? Because the devil, if you give the devil an inch, he takes a country mile. That's right. That's right. He ain't going to play fair. That's right. Never do you see in the Bible that you see the devil playing fair. Right. He don't. He don't, it don't matter if you're two years old. It doesn't matter if you're 23 years old. The devil, the devil will come in, eat no matter how old you are, to start talking to you. Your right. little kid, oh, you look goofy. Uh-huh. Yeah. What's wrong with you? You're not like the rest of the kids. All them kids are pretty. You're, you're not as smart as the rest of them. That's how the devil begins to roll. Right. And, and parents, you know, we, we let our kids just sit there and not ask them what they're thinking about. Uh-huh. We ought to ask, what are you thinking about? What's the devil been saying to you? Well, I'm not, I'm not that smart. You know, I don't feel as smart as, as so-and-so. He just seems like he's really smart. Well, you don't know if what's his name feels smart. You don't know that. You got to tell them, kids, you don't know what they feel. You're, you're thinking that's, what they, they, that's how they, their life is, but you don't see the hard work. You see, you've got to talk to your kids. You've got to let them know that they're okay, that they're safe. Amen? That they're good-looking. Everybody goes through fun, uh, funky, awkward stages in their life. I know you're looking at me. You say, Pastor, I know you never went through that. And most of you would be right. Absolutely right. No, no. We all, we all go through stages. We all go through stages where things weren't working out. Things weren't flowing right. Amen. Said the wrong thing. Said the right thing. Said the right thing to the wrong, right, to the wrong person. And said the wrong person. Said the wrong thing to the right person. Have you ever done that? Absolutely. Absolutely. But here's the thing. God, God is here with us, helping us. We, we, what we want is God to get his words to get into our words. Yes. Come on. What does that look like? It means I'm, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Come on. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Come on. I'm good looking. Say it with me. I'm good looking. I'm smart. I'm important. More important. I'm anointed. Come on, you got it. What's the anointing? Your yoke busting devil. Come on. Come on. You're, you're, you're destroying the yoke. Come on. People get around me. People get healed. People get around me. They start, they start to prosper. People get around me. Their, their lives start to change because they see the flow of my life and they just want to emulate that. They want to copy what Jesus is doing on the inside of me. 
Come on, we're therefore imitators of God. Amen. So what is it? If you're an imitator of God, what are you doing? You're speaking the word. You're declaring the word. You're coming in agreement with the word. And can, can, can you imagine not coming in agreement with people don't disagree with God all the time? They disagree with their salvation, so they walk away from salvation. It's there for them. They can have it any time. It's, it's God's will. It's, it's predestined already since the foundation of the world that they should have eternal life. It's, is it their choice to take it? Absolutely. Is it their choice to take healing? Absolutely. Is, is it their choice to take redemption? Absolutely. Is it their choice to enforce their, their authority? Absolutely. It's their choice. No, no, one can, no one can do anything for you outside of your will. He can't do anything outside of your, your will for you. Well, if it's his will, no, nope, it's not has to do nothing with his will. It has to do with your desire to allow God into your heart and to manifest his light and glory in your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because we can't talk to feet. It's too expensive. Now, we said this last week and just it just it just needs. I say I say, son, it just needs to be repeated. Right. Some things just need to be repeated. You just got to start, start coming in agreement with what God says about you. Talk. I mean, even the business world believes it. Even if religious, even people with religious devils don't believe it. Well, you know, that's just crazy. You believe and if you say things positive, think good, positive things are just going to happen. Well, they believe negative things are going to happen. They, they curse over their stuff all the time and they don't call you crazy. <laughs> well, this stupid car, boom, stub their toe. Wow, this stupid couch. I stubbed my toe and I, my, 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 you know, they just talk negative. You talk negative about stuff, the world will never, will never. We'll never, well, oh, they'll, they'll, but you talk, so you start talking positive, like, oh, you're crazy. Uh-huh. You're one of them. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Come on, but you talk negative. They don't care. No, they don't. Because they, well, why? Because they're all doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the language. That's the language of death. That's the language of Satan. And his word is, oh, you're never going to succeed. You're never going to see. You're never going to get this weight off. I've been telling myself, I'm going to get this weight off this year. Pastor Wayne says, I got it. You said, you got to get birth to that baby. I said, I will. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Weight Watchers? <laughs> no. I'm lying. I know she, she never said that. But here's the thing. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Yeah. You, you have what you say. Yeah. I have the mind of Christ. I can do all things through Christ. And, if, and that means if I can do all things through Christ, that means there's nothing on the table that I can't That's do right. outside of God's will and plan for my life. Yeah. You just got to make sure it's God's plan for your life. Yeah. Amen. We, we, we can't override God's plan for our life. You, you cannot overrun the plan of God for your life. Well, if I pray enough, maybe God, God will change his mind. God don't work that way. Yeah. He'll let you have what you don't, what's not good for you. But you asking God to bless, you asking God to bless what God said wasn't good for you, that ain't going to happen. He ain't going to change his mind for you. Right? He don't change his mind. He said, this is, your, this is my plan. This is my will for you. you. Choose it. Amen. And if you don't choose it, then you pick the plan B. Now, life will get harder or the situation that you're, if you're I mean, I've done things where I just, man, I just feel like I'm just bumping and grinding my knuckles. And there's nothing worse when you're just, you just feel like you're struggling. But when you do things God's way, there is no struggle. There's a free flow. There's, a free, there's wisdom in it. There's no double-mindedness in it. There's no double-mindedness in it. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
You're not, you're not waffling. You don't feel insecure. There, there, come on, there, there's a bold, when you're doing things right, there is a boldness. There is boldness, especially when you know you're right, ladies, right? And you know that man's right, and you go, uh-uh, no, sir. I know, I know what I saw, right? Because there's a boldness, because you know that you know, right? Right, man, you know when she knows what she's talking about. You're like, I don't know if she was going to pick it up so fast. I don't know. Come on. Call you on your stuff. Get, she, she gets it in your Kool-Aid. Man, look straight ahead. Don't, don't, don't. I'm not asking you to agree with whether she was right or not. I'm just, I'm just saying. Let's open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Because the words that we speak are so important to you and I. Crucial, right? Crucial. Life and death, the Bible says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And you will eat the fruit of how you speak. You talk doubt, insecurity, boy, he's just, like I said earlier, he's just going to pile it on. Right? So if the devil's always out there looking to point a finger, insinuate, how many of you know that, that there's something going on behind the scenes that we are, we are painfully, that we need to be more aware of? And that we can under, you, how many of you know you can underestimate your enemy? Right? You can underestimate them and, and, and just think, oh, you know, we're just, we're playing these guys this day. These guys aren't that good, so we'll slack off on our practice. We will slack off on our saying. We'll slack off on using our authority. You know, we won't, we won't spank the kids because I'm tired. My gosh, every, I feel like I'm worn out. I feel like, right? We, we won't do things because... We'll, get, we'll feel mentally like we're worn out. But the God says, if you push through those things, if you push in saying the right words, if you push through the feelings of how you feel and do what's right, even when you don't feel like it, how many of you know there's a blessing? Yeah. Didn't say it was going to feel good. But you keep pushing. You keep pushing. And you'll get through. And then what happens when you get through it? You become skillful with it. And, you, and then, you, then you gain endurance through it. Endurance comes not by, by folding, or the lack of endurance doesn't come, or the endurance doesn't get built by folding and quitting all the time. Yeah. Endurance gets built by doing the right thing every time. Yeah. That's where endurance comes. Yeah. Endurance comes by running long, mi- running long miles by running every day. Yeah. You try not to run, you know, I used to be able to run eight or nine miles easy. <laughs> I don't think I could do that right now <laughs> because I haven't been working on it. I haven't been building myself up in that particular area. The same way with physical areas, it's the same way in the spiritual realm, it's the same way in your speaking realm. Well, I grew up in a a word church where we were taught that. Well, great, but if you're not doing it, you are not practiced, you're not skilled. Well, my dad's a pastor, well, it doesn't matter because, or my mom's a a preacher, it doesn't matter. Unless we are doing it, that doesn't mean that our parents take the place for us. Amen? Amen. So over here in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, Paul begins to write to the church. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the what? Flesh. Let's read it. For though we walk in the flesh. What did I say? Four? Second Corinthians 10, verse 3. Is everybody there? All right. So if you guys knew the scriptures, you would know where I was at. <laughs> I ain't letting anybody off the hook. You all read your Bible enough. 
Even if I smoke, you, you know how to get there. I want to tell you something. Some of you who, who haven't been around, who aren't familiar with, this is what, I, I don't for years, I'd still use my concordance. So don't, don't ever be afraid to look at you. You got a concordance? Put that little tab right there. Okay, use it. I've even heard great ministers of God say, you know what, sometimes I just, sometimes the pages stick to like, where am I? Come on, it's okay. Don't be ashamed that you have to use a concordance. Amen? I'm just saying. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For we walk in the flesh, we do not what? War according to the flesh. I want to stop right there for a, ver- for a moment. Because we think about warring in the flesh. We always think, we always think in terms of arguing, strife, contention, right? We're dealing with people, right? We just, we just simply, we just simply leave it right there. But the war is oftentimes of what the devil's trying to get over to you and to you to get you to cooperate with. We forget that he's trying to get us to come to come in co- cooperation with him. And if he can get you to cooperate through action, through your speaking, through your living, he's got you. Do you know what I'm saying? He's got you. He, he ain't looking for someone who's who, you know, if, if someone's agreeing with God, they're, they're a tougher fight. Now, if I, if I go to the liquor store and, and I decide just to go get myself a Slurpee, because, you know, there's those always, you know, the, back in the day, they did half and half, right? There was only a gas station. There was a gas station liquor store. You go to Arco, you got their liquor store. If I go by and I were to walk by the liquor, guess what I'm doing? It ain't going to be pulling on me. Now, I used to drink. Back in the day, I could have been had that pull on me. Years, when we first started dating, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even walk by, the, I wouldn't buy, walk by the beer area. Wouldn't even walk by for years. Here's the one day I walked by, didn't even know I had walked by it, walked by it. I'm like, hey, it wasn't even pulling on me. Yeah. What was that? Because I was becoming agreement, an agreement with God's will. Yeah. I began to agree with his walk. Again, yeah. That no longer these things were holding on to me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's right. And so here's the, here's the thing that we're just thinking that, that it's just always a constant word. There's negativity. How about just you coming in agreement with what he's trying to do in your life? Yeah. That's opposing the word of God. Taking the wrong job. Dating the wrong person. Watching the wrong program. Being addicted to the wrong program. Come on. Christians watching a lot of trash on TV. Well, I'm born again and saved. I'm going to heaven. Get Jesus. Come on. I mean, you, you just, that's how you roll. You think, you, you think well, I'm saved. But God says, you know, there's, there's someone. And here's the thing. The world would always try to ease you and to what you're doing is being okay. Yeah, that's right. Oh, they're just old-fashioned. Uh-huh. They're just old. That, that's just a conservative church. Uh-huh. They, ain't, they ain't modern. They ain't the modern church. Yeah. See, the modern church, you can live however you want. Preach whatever you want to preach, or sometimes don't even preach the word. I got a good news story. I'm going to preach about that. I'm going to preach about, you know, I'm going to preach about race. I'm going to preach about cows. You know, just about it. I'm going to preach Reader's Digest. But it, here's the problem. It's all designed to leave you comfortable of where you're at. Now, if I preach you the word, there's accountability that now takes place. Because now I got to watch what I say, right? Now I got to do what the word says. Amen? Amen. So now that's the world we now live in. Where you and I, 
have got to be heads up enough to recognize what's the world trying to get me comfortable with. And too many people are getting comfortable. They're getting comfortable with living with darkness. They're getting comfortable with living with their disease. I mean, they've, they've got, they're getting comfortable with naming their disease. They can recite to you their disease, their problems. Sometimes you get people come up on the, uh, uh, up in prayer line. Hasn't happened here in a long time. And no one has done it in a long time, but it just, it just kind of reminds me. People come in, he goes, I, I want you to pray for me. I said, okay, let's just pray. Let's, what do you believe? Well, obviously they're coming up for prayer for healing, but then they want to start telling you about how they got this into this issue. It started 20 years ago, and all of a sudden it did this, and they started giving you the whole countdown of it. What is it? What is this? It's the devil has grow, let them grow accustomed to this way of living and has given them a picture that there's no way out. You hear what I'm saying? This is how it is. This is how it's always been. This is the picture of your life. You know, there's been a lot of ministers, great ministers that would show up. Go, great ministers, God, healing ministries, show up to these half conferences and you have people going to all these ministers and never getting healed. Can you imagine? They, they, saw, they said they saw all the big shots. They saw, they saw uh, Oral Roberts. They saw, uh, uh, they saw who what was her name with the redhead? Uh, Catherine Kuhlman. And, and they, they, they went to this meeting, went to that meeting. And because I've been to every meeting. And everyone's laid their hands on me. And no one's yet been able to get me healed. Like it's some sort of badge of honor. <laughs> right? Like see what you can do there, Buster. But here's the thing. God, God operates with your cooperation. He operates with you saying, yes, Lord, do it in me. But most important, he also cooperates with you speaking the words. You know, you hear people, when I'm going to church today, I I believe that pastor's going to lay hands on me. I'm going to get healed today. I'm going to get healed today. Today, when I show up, I'm getting delivered today. Today, when the hands, when the, when the, when the hands are laid on me, the anointing's going to come in, not based on how I feel. We walk, the people walk away. Oh, I didn't feel anything. I seen that happen years ago. Uh-huh. Years ago, back in the day, when we, Pastor Molina, this woman would show up every time in the service, she'd show up in a wheelchair. And then they'd lay hands. I'm like, I'm like, I'm expecting to see God move. I mean, I'm using my faith. My faith is engaged. I see hands laid on her. I'm expecting a healing take place. Roll back and he goes, well, I didn't, I didn't get anything yet. I didn't feel anything. So, as soon as hands were prayed on and walked away, I'm going to tell you something. Just because you don't see something happen right away doesn't mean God isn't working. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because this thing requires some faith. It requires your agreement. And being comfortable and saying that enough shows that you're too comfortable with saying stuff out of your mouth that you should not be comfortable with. Well, Pastor Marcus, you know, I have my rights to believe. I just don't necessarily believe that. No, you don't. Not if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, you don't have a right to your own beliefs. Boy, I know I'm stepping on some toes right now, but you don't have a right to believe what you want to believe. Right. You, have to, you, have to, you have to believe what the Bible tells you. Right. And, if, and, if you're, and if what you're doing and what you're living and what you're saying and, and how you're thinking is cross to what the Bible says, then you make the adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. The Bible is not going to force fit. It, or you ever play, have, play with puzzles? You ever try to force fit a piece that doesn't go there? Yeah. You ever try to force peace? And, and you're just like, why, why isn't this working? God should just bless this. Because it don't go there. It don't go there. And many of us are trying to force fit things, and God says, what are you doing? That don't work that way. 
I don't know why you don't let me love Ginger. I like Ginger. She cute. She talked to me nice. Well, Ginger ain't saved. Right? It don't make a difference who, who, who Ginger is or Gilligan is. The skipper too. The millionaire and his wife. Come on. Right, some of us, we, some of us, we got to take some checks up, checkups from the next ups. Come on. Okay, so there's always some person who has two necks. You know, there's always two. Praise the Lord. He says, for the weapon of our warfare is not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Come on. Bringing every thought into captivity. Into the obedience of what? Christ. And you, it says here, it says, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is filled. He's not talking about him punishing your disobedience. He says, you punish your disobedience. That means you put it in order. You got to be the one that corrects it. And sometimes it don't feel good when you're doing it. What do you mean I can't have a second serving of nachos? Come on. What you mean? What you mean I can't have a, 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 another big gulp? Come on, what you talking about or a gut buster? What do you mean? We want to feed our flesh, say what we want to say, do what we want to do, sleep who we want to sleep with, but God, you're going to bless this. Come on. You look at Billy, he looking good, baby. He got them chisels. She's got them chiseled abs. Come on. He's got, them, he's got them buns of steel. Come on, you know that God is in this. No, God is not in on your lust. Come on. You're going to get yourself in trouble. Come on, you're going to get yourself in trouble. You don't go by what you look at. Now, I'm, not saying you, I'm not Ladies, I'm not saying you bring an ugly man to your husband or your, your dad. Don't ever do that. Because dad's going to tell you the truth. He looked like a fish head. You better lose this one. Don't be bringing no ugly man. I always tell my girls, don't be bringing no ugly man in my house. Because the last thing I want to do is have ugly little babies going running around. I said, like, I know you're pretty, but you, you, got a, you got something here that might tank that well right there, man. We got a lot of good looking kids on the Dela Cruz and the Abresque and the Finfrock sides. We ain't going to mess it up. We ain't gonna be, you don't want to be the one that messes that up. Bringing fish head boy over. Come on. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. So we capture every thought. And here's the thing. Why is he, why every thought? Because it's every thought that's going to someday try to escape out your mouth. Every thought. You, 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 you eventually we talk about what we're thinking about. You always talk about what you're thinking about. That's why you got to be careful about what you're always saying. And if you're saying stuff that you didn't mean to say, and it slips out of your mouth, that's because it's in your heart. And if it's in your heart, you capture it. You say, I bring this thing under obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not talking this way. I'm not thinking this way. Now, the de- that doesn't mean the devil's not going to throw out his little fiery dart and try to get you to talk, say something. But you, when you, you sense it come out of your mouth and you said the wrong thing, you isolate this. I'm not talking that way anymore. Uh-uh, I ain't talking that way anymore. I'm, I'm going to have a good attitude about some of these things. Because it's, it's, it's when we capture these things that life begins to change. It begins to change. I'm in agreement with God. I, I, am, I, I have the mind of Christ. I can think like Christ. 
I'm an imitator of Christ. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what, what, what. Not just like saying, you know, like that old little stuff. What would Jesus do? More than what would Jesus do? What would God do? And what would Jesus speak? What would Jesus teach me to do? And how how am I going to respond to those things? Uh Amen? Because it's important that you and I just become in agreement with what the Lord is wanting to do in our lives. Because, you know, God, God resists, the Bible says, God resists the proud. God resists the proud. What's the proud? The person who hears it says, yeah, well, that's good for all of them, but not for me. That's dangerous. It's it's good for Alexa. It's good for Pedro. I don't have to do it. I only enforce the law. I don't do the law. (laughs) There's those types out there. Uh There's those types out there. I'm the pastor. I'm the one that tells people what to do. I don't do it myself, but I'm telling you what to do. Well, what do we call that? A hypocrite. Uh Right? And, and when a person's a hypocrite, guess what's going to happen to them? He's about to get whooped. Mm-hmm. They're about, their life is about to hand them something back, and it ain't going to be fun. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? So it's always important that we, we stay consistent to what we say we believe yeah. and to what we speak. We're staying consistent. Good. There's going to be times where you're not consistent. So what do you do? You get back to where you used to be and you repent right away. You say, please forgive me. I haven't been consistent. And it's okay. We're all working on it. It's okay. Sometimes you're not going to be consistent, but you you start to say, I'm going to be consistent with with how I talk and how I live. How how long? As soon as you make a mistake, how long should it take before you get back to church? No time at all. Uh No time at all. You make sure you make sure your boots are high knees in church. Well, Pastor, I sinned, and the other night before, I, I drank a half a can of beer, and I just, I felt so guilty. Well, get back in church. That's right. Now, I don't say bring the beer, don't bring the other half with you. Just leave it. <laughs> throw it out. I mean, I'm just, we, we, we got we to talk nowadays, because people nowadays, they come back, and they come to church. They, they think some things are okay. Well, I got a girlfriend, two girlfriends, and a wife, but they, hey, you know, I'm just trying to get through. No, you give up some things. Yeah. Some things you just got to cut off. You start living right, start doing right, start yeah. thinking right, yeah. start talking right. Yeah. I'm not going to live like I used to live. Right. And I, I'm not going to excuse what I did anymore in the past. Yeah. Not excuse it. Uh-huh. Not live with it anymore. It's dangerous when you start to excuse what you're doing. It's dangerous, especially when you know enough. Especially when you know some stuff. Amen? Amen. Because it's important. Over here in Luke chapter 4. <coughs> yeah, I'll just go there. Yeah. Can I start up there? Hmm. I'm torn because, I, I, you know, there's some things that the Lord is showing me. At this, you know, when you're, sometimes when your Lord is showing you, you're really like, ah, this is so good. And I, sometimes I want to just give you the whole steak. But, or the whole steak plus the plus the homemade bread, plus the big drink. Did you guys get to Luke chapter four? Jesus in Luke chapter four walks out of the um, out of the garden because he had been tempted for forty days and forty nights. And he left, and the Bible says when he left, he left with power, right? He didn't have that kind of power 
before, before, before the garden, before the temptations of Satan, before the wilderness experience. Yeah. He, he, he had none of the, he, the, you know, over here, he said that the power didn't show up until after he went through that experience. He had to get on top of his flesh in order to walk out what God had planned for him. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was taking, taking place of that fallen Adam. Because the fallen Adam made mistakes and did not repent. Think about that. You never see, you never see Adam or Eve ever repenting. They just see them blaming one another. Right? So here you have, you have here Jesus, who's now saying, I'm going to empty my power, my power position. I was, I, was right ne- I was vice president sitting right next to the president God. So I'm going to give up all, and now I'm going to become a janitor. I'm going to be like one of you. And I'm going to live how you, how you see me live. You should be able to do what, how you see me live. That's what he's doing. He's demonstrating to you and I. This is how you and I are to live. And so as he leaves, his life becomes radically different. Because his life, not only does it become radically different, because now he understands, he says, I only do what I see my father do, and I only say what my father says. As a believer, we should only do what we hear him do. We should only do what we see him do in his word, and we should only speak what he speaks. Well, I don't know if I could just speak all Bible all the time. That would look strange. Well, granted, that's true, because we do have to communicate and work. We're not talking about where you're being weird and you're just, thus saith the Lord to your boss. We ain't talking about that. What we're talking about is talking like the world. Come on, cussing like the world, using slang like the world, getting in the middle of gossip like the world. We're not talking like the world anymore. We're not getting mixed up with the way how the world operates. You're you're talking your own sickness. Again, some of the things that we demonstrated earlier. But instead, Jesus operated in power. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I'll skip there. Thank you, Lord. And verse 38, it says that he arose in the synagogue and he entered Simon Peter's house. Mind you, he's already been casting out devils. Oh, well, let's just back this up a little. Jesus, after he gets out, he doesn't mean just because you're doing what God tells you doesn't mean you're ever going to hit resistance, especially when you want to talk right and live right. First situation, coming out, he's running, in, he's, he's running into people with demons. He's running into his own hometown that he knows that they, they said they're not, you're not going to even receive me. And he, he's already hitting resistance upon resistance and he's casting out devils at the same time with his word. And they said, we have never seen power like this in operation ever. Because with his words, he speaks with authority and with his words, he has power. With your words, as a believer, right. you should be operating with what? Authority? And power. Yes, amen. You as a believer, and if you're not seeing it, it's because you may not be talking right. Your words may be inconsistent. I've heard people, why, why aren't we seeing this in the church? You know, we're supposed to be in this, this tent revival like it's so po- like it was prophesied three years ago. We're supposed to, where's, why aren't these healings happening? Because the people have yet to line up their words and take up their authority. Oh, we're going to see miracles. Oh, I'm sure enough, we see, you all sad miracles. Yeah. But I'm talking about like crutches being thrown out the doors, blind eyes open, yeah. bed people rolling in and getting out and jumping out their beds. Yeah. That's the tent anointing. Yeah. Why aren't we seeing it? Because we, we, we care more 
about the modern the modern church and looking modern and having all the having all the frills and the and the pills and the everything goes with it. We rather have we rather have the, the certain look versus the, the anointing. But I don't know about you, I choose the anointing over the looks. And we ought to desire the anointing because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. I'm not coming to church with skinny jeans and, and, and flip flops and uh, or tight tight jeans. What is that? What those guys wear skinny skinny jeans. Now, if you I have passionately so she used to tease me. I go, she goes, you say you never wear skinny jeans, but then she bought me a pair of jeans that were stretchy. I just wore them because they were stretchy. And she goes, those are skinny jeans. Those aren't skinny. She goes, oh yes, they are. So she tricked me into some skinny jeans. It was a trick. I did not know, but I never wore them in church. And, then, and then not to say that these people aren't, you can't be anointed and right. preach the word of God. That's, we don't want to be unsound in that because right. you can still be preaching deliverance, yes. people getting set free and, and all that. Here's the thing, but we should not look like the world where we're talking like the world, yes. slanging like the world, yeah. acting like the world. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm talking about loose living. I'm not talking about how people dress, you know what I mean? Or fashion choices. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm, what I'm talking about is about how we live a life where we're just talking one thing and not living another. Yeah. We're not ta- using our authority and we're more talking defeat. Yeah. Yeah. We should be talking God's end result. Yeah. Yeah. Talking, what he, talking what he wants to do. He, yeah, they're going to get healed. Right. There's an answer for that. You see someone poor walking down the street? There's an answer for that. You see someone sick? There's an answer for that. Who, where's that answer from? I got the answer. Come on, he's a healing God. He's a delivering God. He's a set free in God. Amen. And so now when he arose out of the synagogue, Jesus, and entered to Simon Peter's house, but Simon's mother was sick with a high fever, and they made request of him to come concerning her. And he stood over her. And he prayed. Isn't that what the Bible said? He prayed? No. no. He didn't pray. Jesus didn't pray for the sick woman? No. He didn't. He didn't, he, he, he didn't do any of that. Did, did Jesus beg God to do it? God, please touch this woman. Deliver her. Did he do that? No. no. What did he do? He says, and he, said, he also came, man, where, where was I? Verse 30, he, he stood over her. And rebuked the fever, and it left her. Come on. Amen. See, as a believer, you got to know what you have. And if you don't understand the power that you already have in your mouth, you are missing out. And if you're using your mouth loosely, it, it just points to the fact that you don't know yet. You can't do one or the other. The Bible says either you will spew out salt, or you will either you'll spew out bitterness or sweetness. You can't have both. You can't have both. So if you can have one or the other, what would you rather have? I'd rather have the sweetness and the anointing. Yeah. See, your, your authority will be challenged. And here's the thing. The devil don't care if you live wrong sometimes and, and you're operating and do things. Maybe miracles will happen even if you're not living right. He'll, he'll let you fly because the devil says, ah, don't worry. When it's time for them to use their faith for themselves, it won't work. Do you hear what I'm saying? A lot of preachers get in trouble that way. They think because the person's faith is working, they think it's their faith in operation when really it's their faith in operation. Yeah. Right. It's your own personal that needs to be working. Yeah. So you could be living wrong and laying hands and doing the word and because you're doing the word, God will honor that. But don't think that it'll work for you 
if you're not talking right for you. You need to use it and make sure it's working right for you. In other words, you talk right about you. You start to declare God's promises over you. You learn how to stand in, not only in faith for others, but more importantly for yourself. You've you got to be careful that you don't get fooled by that. That's free. Because a lot, a lot of people believe, well, I'm anointed, I'm appointed, I can live however I want, I'm under grace. No, right now you're under mercy, and, and you think you're operating grace, but really you're using grace to get by on some things. Yeah. That, that ain't right, and that won't float. Right. I've known some men, men where things have gone under, and things didn't happen well for the minister, but it always worked for the people. Why? Because the people were right. Yeah. We've got to make sure that we're, as ministers, that we're right. right. You've got to make sure as a person of God that you're right. Yeah. So when you use your mouth and open your mouth and have authority, yeah. it's only going to work for them, but it's also going to work for you. Yes. Because you know God yes. and you trust him. Yes. Amen. Amen. Come on. Have we, are, we're just dipping into more. We're just getting into more. Amen. Yeah, amen. Come on. Because we know that what we say will come to pass. Yeah. We won't be shooting off our mouth. Yeah. We won't be saying and hurting people with our words. Yeah. It's hard to unshoot a bullet. Yeah. It's, it's hard to unshoot an arrow. Once it's out there, it's out. That's why we got to be careful how we talk, how we talk about others. Even if you don't agree with them. I like something Pastor Nancy said years ago. Uh, she said, I was in the middle of a church and I was talking something and the Lord put me in check about, and I was, and I, and I, and I, was, and I said something derogatory about another, um, another denomination. And it was during a service. And then she goes, as soon as I did it, she goes, so as soon as I did, I started noticing flu-like symptoms jump all over my body. And she goes, oh, Lord, please forgive me. She goes, Lord, he goes, he goes I, I told you not to do it. She goes, she, goes, she repented. She goes, Lord, please forgive me. I, I will make this correction. I will make this right. I'll go back there and I will apologize. I should have never. As soon as she made the apology and as soon as those words escaped her mouth, Lord, forgive me. He goes, healing began to go through her body and the, the symptoms began to dissipate and disappear. Yeah. How? Why? Because she checked herself. She judged herself. Amen? Amen? And how do you judge yourself? With your words, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm judging myself. Yes. I'm going to talk right. I'm not going to judge people from other denominations. Right. Come on, I'm going to live right, yes. but I want to be anointed. Yeah. And I'm going to live for the anointing because there's an anointing in my life that needs yeah. to be given out. The anointing in my life that breaks not only their yoke, but also breaks the yokes that are trying to get on me. Amen? Because freedom is important. Yes, it is. I said freedom is important. Yes. Come on. Amen. Amen. Praise, God. Praise God. It's amazing when you just trust him.